Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. amazing, wasn't it? I hope that if you were here, you were able to experience and soak in our Easter services. And even even Friday evening when we gathered together as a Christ the King family at the Bellingham campus, and we, we, we celebrated a time, or well, we commemorated a time over communion, and we had shared communion together, and remembering the cross and what Jesus did, and then we gathered here for some pretty full services, and, eight, and it, the, the, the three services that we had, and, and what I loved too was the fact that we had people experience transformation. We had close to 15 people say yes to Jesus last week, so we want to give those people a hand. You might be one of them, or we know people. I was able I was able to pray with some people individually and and so just a great day we've had in celebrating Easter. And I was thinking about what's next for us because we talk about all the time here at North Bay about taking next steps. And we really have an intentional plan. It's something that we think is so important that we take steps potential steps in, in growth and in, in being a follower of Christ. And so I was thinking, what can we do to not only hey, invite people back to be a part of something, but for all of us. And so if you're new in your faith, if you're trying to, you're new here, or you've been around for the while, sometimes we just need some some next steps to do that. And and one of the, the phrases that you probably have heard, maybe years, you know, it's been growing up, and maybe it's a phrase you heard, you know, being healthy, wealthy, and wise. And and it comes from ben, Benjamin Franklin, who says, early to bed, early to, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Ever, anybody hear that before? Okay. Um, it's actually pretty true, isn't it? Have you ever thought about that? That's actually a lot of wisdom. I, I've found that there, there's, a, I, I, there's nothing good for me to stay up late and watching TV. Have you noticed that? Like, what's on and what's not on? And I spend a lot of time if I'm up late, and there's, it's been a while, but I remember just like flipping through channels and it's like going in. I have to admit this, is I actually get caught up in some of the time life um, infomercials about like music of the 70s of the 80s and I'll sit there and watch it my wife sometimes be like why are you watching an infomercial I'm like I nostalgic some of the music and everything I'm like I'm not gonna buy the music but I'm like oh I remember that one and you know and I'm thinking it and then I wake up I'm really tired and I'm like what a waste I stayed up for an extra half hour to watch Time Life sell me, you know, you know, a D, a CD packets, you know, of, of music. If I act now, I get free shipping and the whole thing. And I think about that, like, what a waste. And I think, you know, er, early to bed, early to rise does, does, is a good set of advice to, to have. But I was thinking about healthy, wealthy, and wise. If you think of three things that we really want or desire in life is, is to be is to be healthy. Who doesn't want to be healthy? Who doesn't want to, you know, get in shape and feel good and avoid pain and avoid the hospitals and doctors? I mean, health is an important thing to really have. And, and wealth, I mean, you know, somebody's like, well, I don't want to be rich. I mean, rich people have a lot of problems and issues, but, you know, maybe I could try to be rich. I don't know. But, but really, a lot of us just want to be independently wealthy, don't we? We just want to, like, we, will not, we want to get beyond just getting by and paying the bills. We, we look at the future and we want to be 
independently wealthy in the sense we don't want to people depend upon, we have to depend upon people in our future, that we don't have to ask people to help us. We just want to take care, make sure that we're good, you know, in the future. There's nothing well, wrong with that. And then we think of healthy, wealthy, and wise is, if anything we need in life and all the information and everything that's going on is we, we need wisdom. We need a lot of wisdom at times. Wisdom of not what to do, but what not to do. There's so much information that comes at us. And so that's really our heart for this series. And, and we're going to kind of take it one, one per week and looking at looking at being healthy today. And we're going to look at each of these today and the next couple of weeks, not from a human perspective, but really from a divine one, that, that getting, getting God's kingdom perspective. And we're going to do that through, through scripture, through the, the Bible, the living word that, that we have. And so with healthy, you know, you think about some of us, you know, we have some of the best intentions to get healthy. I do. I, I think about it all the time. I mean, in some ways can get consumed with it. And our culture is, is obsessed with getting in shape. We look at all, I mentioned earlier, all the infomercials and all these advertisers now on, now on social media. You, you click on something and then all of a sudden it knows what you clicked on. And you got all these, how did it know? All these advertisements that you get on something. And so, especially in the diet industry, you know, I, I'm getting super confused on what I'm supposed to eat. Is anybody out there, like back in the day, it was like, don't eat fat. Fat is bad. Did you know that now fat is good to eat? And I'm really confused on that. Now it's not what to eat, it's when to eat it. There's now a feeding window, okay? And I thought that was breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh no, there's a window that I've got to eat in. To help. And so I'm just like, okay, how, where do I fit all my food in the window? And like, how do I, do, do I have to pack food while I'm driving? I'm just really confused on what to do. Honestly, I'm still trying to figure that out. If you're a nutritionist, let's sit down. I could use some free advice. But here's the thing. <laughs> Here, and, and honestly, I'm still trying to figure it all out. Here's the thing. Of, of it all is people, our culture, our society is spending $70 billion, billion dollars on the, in the diet industry. So if you're looking to make money, sell a diet, okay? Market that diet because that's what's happening. And here's the, the, the whole interesting thing about it is in 20 years from 1990 to 2000. 19, 20 years, is that right? There has been an increase in obesity in 10% across the world. There are one in five children are obese, whether they're standards, the disease control, disease control uh, group. So what does that tell us? Well, tell us we're getting a little, little chubbier, but it also tells us that money doesn't help. Throwing money at something and buying something and doing that. We all know this lesson that quick fixes and quick gimmicks don't work. What it is is that we have best intentions of doing something, but we don't actually do it. Because at some point we get caught up in our, our, our convenience and our comfort. Because when it affects us there, like, oh, I don't know if I really want to commit to that. But you think about this in our conveniences, 150 years ago today, if you wanted milk for breakfast, you got to milk that cow. If you want to, you can't turn a light on. You had to go just 150 years ago. You had to light a candle. Nature calls. You're not going inside. You're going outside called an outhouse. You walked everywhere. That's just 150 years ago. Think about 10 years ago. If you're going to rent a movie, right? You went to a place called Block, what was it, Block, 
Blockbuster, yeah, I try to forget. No, younger generation, younger generation didn't even know what that is. You went to a, actually a, into a building to get a movie. Now you go to a vending machine or you just talk and you, you don't even have to push a button on your remote. Just say, I want to watch this and that's what happens. We don't have to even t- use our fingers any longer. I don't even have to. I go to the grocery store now. I don't have to even go in the grocery store. I just click on stuff and I show up and I call this number and they magically deliver these groceries to me, right? All those are good things. I'm not against like modern technology. Wonderful. But have we made it too convenient? Have things become so convenient for us? Has it spurred on a bit of laziness in our life, even maybe physically? Statistics show that in our life and the choices we have to make physically but when it comes to health. But how about spiritual health? And that's what I want to take some time today is talk about spiritual health. If you need help, physical help, physical, this is not the place for it. Get the experts to help you with that. But today I want to focus on the conveniences even in our American church. Have we maybe made it too easy? How easy we can make it to move in more of a consumer mindset than a, than a contributor mindset. See, at Christ the King, we've made it very, very intentional. We'll continue to make Jesus accessible. We want to make Jesus accessible to people. We want to make the message of Jesus understandable. One of the great compliments last week I heard was there was a lady in our church that brought her mother to church. And that she said the response with the mom was this, that it makes sense. The resurrection story made sense to her. That's a great compliment, right? Because that, were, that is the whole point. <laughs> we why would you sit through something you don't understand and feel more confused when you left, right? That doesn't make sense, but, but that's a simple thing. We want to make worship relevant, meaning the songs that we sing mean something. Not only to, that we sing to the Lord, that means something to us that we understand. We want to make Jesus accessible. But in the accessibility can we, is there a tendency to make it maybe a little bit too easy? I'm just wondering. Is, is, is coming in and, and singing songs off the wall and hearing hopefully somewhat of an inspiring message and shaking a few hands and throwing money in the bucket before you leave, is, is, is that it? Have, has, has Christianity, have we summed it up on that? And I would say the... the I hope it hasn't been. And that's the danger in all this. I hope that's not the case. But many, for many people, it, it has. And I would say if that's you and you're like, oh, that's kind of me, I would just encourage you with this. Let's just make that our starting point. That's a good starting point. But I want to challenge a little more. If you want to grow in a healthy way, is there some steps that you need to take? But I also recognize this, is that when people are coming in in their life and the difficulties, just like Mike and Kim shared Life can be really difficult and circumstances can be really difficult. And so as Chris expressed earlier, if you're here and you're like barely making it here, I want you to know that's okay as well because we're here to help. We're here to encourage you and pray with you and, 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 and help you along the way in life's journey. And many of us at times just need rehab. We just need to go through a time of recovery from whatever pain and difficulties that we've come. I just challenge us now is once we kind of gotten past life's issues and the Lord's done a work in us, is there maybe a little bit more that's out there that God has for us? In some ways, maybe you're going, gosh, I, I kind of feel a little bit bored in my faith. And if you're feeling a little bit bored, is it possible that you're not challenged to the place 
that the Lord would want to take you further. See, our, our mission at Christ the King, it's a good reminder, is this, that our mission is to create an authentic Christian community that, that effectively reaches out to, to unchurched people through love, acceptance, and forgiveness so that people can experience the joy of salvation. I love that word, joy of salvation. Last week, there was joy in this room. Joy not only in the people that experienced life transformation of saying yes to Christ, not only us celebrating that, but all of heaven was rejoicing. There's an incredible amount of joy when a person comes to faith in Christ. All heaven is having a party because of it. But we don't want to stop there going, oh, that's great. What's the next thing? It's to live a life, as a purposeful life of discipleship. It means taking steps and following Jesus in a, in a purposeful way in our life that we no longer are in a place going, oh, is this it? There's something greater that God has for every one of us. So it's moving just to be positive to actually a proactive place. And so lately as a pastor, I'm wondering, hey, have we made it too easy? Are we sending this message out of getting our quick fix, our, our quick little thing? And I see that possibly could be a problem for, for all of us. Like, so what do we do? How do we grow in healthiness? Well, I want to I challenge you with this this morning is this, is this, you are responsible for your own spiritual health. You... You, you, not me, not me for you. And you know what I'm saying? You, you are responsible for your own spiritual health. I'm responsible for my own spiritual health. And, I, and so today it's about taking responsibility. Like I want to be healthy. You got to take steps to do that. Now here, this, what I'm going to share, this is going to be so silly, but I think you're going to remember it, is, and there has been moments for me this, and it continues to be like, okay, I'm going to get in shape. Physically, I'm going to get physically in shape. I am going to go to the gym. I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. and a godly time. Um, but I'm going to do it because 5 a.m. I've got to commit to this. And I get up and I go to the gym. And I go there and I got, I'm dressed for it and I got my music ready to go. And, you know, I, 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 I look it over the, all the equipment and I'm, I'm just, you know, got everything set. And, you know, I grab a drink of water. You got to stay hydrated. And, you know, and I spend an hour in the gym. And I, I, but, I, but I don't actually lift weights. I don't actually... I don't actually do anything. Now, I bump into people. I talk with them. Hey, how are you doing? Good to see you. Man, it's so good to be here in the gym. It's so good, isn't it, to be in the gym? And then, you know, you, you put, I put that hour in. I did an hour in the gym. And then I leave, and then on the way, I'm like, oh, I'm hungry. Man, you got you to gotta have a recovery meal. You got you to gotta equip yourself. So I pull in, you know, Starbucks, you know, get my coffee and my scone, you know, and I go off to, go off to work, right? That's silly, that's silly because it, I, 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 but I, but did you, are, what are you doing? Oh man, I'm going to the gym every day, 5 a.m. I'm there, I'm committed. Oh man, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. No, 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 you're not. You're not doing anything. You're showing up. And I know that's silly. That's a silly thing. But as physically conditioned, I'm not actually strengthening anything in my body. I think the same way I faithfully, you know where I'm going with this, I faithfully, oh, I'm there every week at church. Oh, every week. I'm there. Yeah. Yeah, there. But if I, what am I actually doing with what I got? 
What am I actually, am I putting the effort in there? I'm showing, we're showing up, but, but listen, show, just going to the gym, I'm showing up. That's good, you made it, got out of bed, right? You made it. That's the starting point, it's not the ending point. That's the beginning of it. See, I make no physical progress in my physical development without proactivity. And it's the same spiritually if I'm not taking responsibility. The Apostle Paul tells his, tells his young pastoral apprentice, Timothy, he says this, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. If, if, if he was writing that today, it would be simply like, hey, don't get caught up in the gimmicks. Don't get caught up in the, the quick fixes and the easy this and the five steps here and you do this, if you play this and you, you use it. No, he says this, he says, rather train yourself to be godly. Train what does it say? Yourself. Oh, my responsibility, your responsibility to be godly. Now the word train here, and you, you ready for this? It actually means to exercise naked. I've got, do I have everybody's attention now? The people that were not listening go, naked, what? You just woke up. Naked. Now, if you're going to practice this in the literal translation of this, you're literally going to do this. Please, when you do this, please close your curtains, okay? Okay, nobody wants to see that. If they do, then they got an issue, okay, as well, okay? So wh- now that I got your attention, what, wh- how would we process that? How would we be- well, training is this, to train unhindered. The Greeks, they love to run, and they just did it unhindered. <laughs> they ran. That's how, that's the Olympics, and that's how they did it. And, and so this word train unhindered is a good word because it, it's what Hebrews, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us run with perseverance the faith or the, the race marked out for us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That's the challenge for us is that we're going to grow to not let anything or anyone get in the way to be motivated to make effort, effort. Wonderful plans are out there to do and to be healthy, but if you don't actually do the plan, it's worthless. Actually put effort. We are responsible for our own spiritual health. So back to what Paul tells Timothy, he says this, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise to both the present life and the life to come. Physical health is important. We need to take care of our bodies physically, but spiritual health is even more important to to build our very soul, to work out our lives in intentional Steps. The Apostle Peter tells us straight up, simply this, but to but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To grow. What does it tell you? Take effort. If it says to grow, then we need to grow. No one else is going to do the growing for you. You know, there's two exceptions in growing. We grow up and we grow old. Okay? And you're like, thanks for the reminder. Okay? But those are the two exceptions. Everything else about growth is a choice. We choose to grow. Someone says we, we can grow daily or we die gradually. That's, that's kind of sobering to hear that. There's intentional steps that we take. Now, how do we know if we're growing spiritually? How do you, am I growing spiritually? It might be a good, that's a good question to ask. Here's a better question I think to help you gauge that is, ask this question, am I closer to God today than I was last year? That's a good evaluation. That's a sobering, think, whoa, okay. 
boy, I've gone through a lot last year. I don't know. Well, I have a feeling if you've gone through a lot last year and you're here, you probably grew a little bit. And you had the ups and downs and difficulties, but actually through the trials and tribulation, tribulation and struggles and everything you've gone through, you've probably grown. But some of us just say, you know what? I've kind of drifted a little bit last year. I'm not as fervent with my faith as I was. I, and so evaluate that a little bit. Say, say where am I? And have I backed away in some disciplines? Have I backed away in some intentionality? Have I just kind of let things kind of roll as I go and we coast and it can, it can, it can pay the price for us? And, 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 you know, there's, there's a difference between growing in osmosis and, and effort. Do you ever do that in, in school where you're like, you have a big test and you, like, literally, didn't you want to just put the textbook on your face and sleep with it? Be like, you know, grow by osmosis. Like, these words would soak in. It doesn't work that way. You actually had to open the textbook. You had to memorize things. You had to put effort toward that. But it's easy to kind of coast as we go. Remember, you are responsible for your own spiritual health. Now, you're saying, Dan, I hear you saying that over and over again. What do, what do I do about that? Well, I think first is, no, is that we, when we take personal responsibility, we don't do that alone in that. We're not alone in that. We're not by ourselves in it. I love how it says in the Message Bible about the challenge Jesus gives of following us. Listen, listen to these words. I think these are very practical and powerful. It says, then he told them, the disciples, what they could expect for themselves. Here's the expectation Jesus puts on. He said, anyone intends to come with me has to let me lead. See, you're not doing it on your own, that you're following Jesus. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Not powerful. Self-help is no help. Yes, it's good enough to kind of get you going, but how to, 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 to um, continue in that. He says this, self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to find yourself, your true self. So there's, there's a willingness and there's a surrender of our very selves saying, God, knowing it's going to take work, but we're giving ourselves to Jesus to help us do that. And then his spirit, he's, the Holy Spirit's like this spiritual fitness trainer that's helping us, encourage us, and motivating us as we are. We don't have to do it alone. Now, if you're here and you're wondering how spiritually fit you are, we actually have a little tool that, that through Christ the King that we've developed. It's called the Spiritual Assessment, Health Assessment. And it's actually designed, there's, a, there's copies at the back at ctk.church backslash there, uh, spiritual health. You can take that. There's an online thing. It's really, really helpful to say, where am I in understanding my own spiritual life? And it shows you some ways that you could even possibly grow in your faith. In fact, if you take and you're going, I'm not sure what to do with the next, I'd love to sit down with you, talk with you and others, maybe talk with your small group leader, say how some, how some things we can encourage ourselves in growing in our faith. But before you do that, I want to just leave you with just a couple thoughts here before we pray today on spiritual health. And it comes back from the Apostle Paul that makes it so practical of this, our efforts and God's effort, because it both work together, that we don't do this all on our own, but actually there's some steps we're supposed to take if we're in charge of our own spiritual health. So it's Philippians here, chapter 2, and it says this, therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God who works in you to will and to act 
in order to fulfill his good purpose. Now the context was this, is that Paul's saying, you know, he's saying, hey, I, you keep, keep doing what you're doing even without me being there. What happened was Paul, as he would travel around and visit and help get churches going, encourage them along, and then he would move on to the next church. But then at some point, then he couldn't go anywhere because he got in prison. And there's letters that he wrote. They're called the prison letters. Philippians is one of those letters that were written from where, most likely in Rome, he's in, in house arrest, but the gospel still got out the message because he'd get them written on scrolls and then he'd, you know, throw them over the wall or get them under or somehow get it to people and runners would go and deliver all these. And so he's telling his people, saying, hey, listen, not only why I've been present with you, but in my absence, continue to do that. And you know that you're, when you instill into someone, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a parent, whether you're a boss, when you get someone to do something you want them to do and they do it when you're not there, that's a win, right? That's a reward that they, they had the freedom not to do that, but now in their life, they're actually doing it. I think as a parent, that's wonderful. See that the habits of our, our kids end up picking up, doing things, not because we told them to do that. And that's wonderful. All of a sudden you come home and the house is clean and you didn't say anything about cleaning the house. That thrills us, doesn't his parents? You remember that? Those rare moments, those miracles that take place when it happens. It, but it's, but it, it, there's something about choosing to obey in your freedom. You don't have to. It brings ownership and responsibility. And Paul's telling us, it's your responsibility. When you do it, you don't need me to hold your hand to do it. Here's some things that you can do. So take responsibility. And it's really two simple ways today before we wrap up. The first one is this, is to work out. Can you say that with me out loud? Work out. Okay, now we're going to say it. We're awake. Work out. Okay, work out. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, fear and trembling doesn't mean you're going to freak out, like you're going to lose your, you know, lose your car keys. You're going to lose your salvation. Like, oh no, I don't know Jesus any longer because I, you know, no, that's not what it's saying at all. It's really just saying out of, out of awe and reverence for the Lord. And I think in our times, I think at church, you know, people come and we, isn't even in kind of a setting like our church, like I said, it's great. We're very accessible. It's very easy to come in and out and not a lot of questions, you know, people ask. It's great to be here. But in our casual approach and some of us come in, we, we wear jeans, uh, jeans to church. I try to wear my good jeans to church. Some people come up here and they've got holes in their jeans and I remind people that's holy jeans. We're holy people and that. And so whatever form of fashion it doesn't really matter around here. Modesty is important. But other than that, that's not, so we come in a casual way in our approach and our style. Sometimes we can come in a casual approach to God and that's different, right? We're to come before God in a holy way and and there's awe and reverence about God that we're not just going, you know, Jesus is my homeboy and and God's the great, you know, old man in the sky. Doesn't, that's not reverence, right? It's approaching God that way. And And another way you could say it this way is seriousness and soberness. Seriousness and soberness. That we're approaching the Lord that way and taking intentional efforts to do that. But notice it says to not says to work out, not work for. We do need to be reminded when we read this so that you won't mistranslate that all of a sudden that we've got to do something. We've got to earn our way. You know, when we do that, that's called religion. When we're trying to earn God's favor and do these things that we're going to get in right standing with God. I don't care if you're Adolf Hitler or Mother Teresa. You can't earn your faith. You can't earn your place in heaven. I, I love the, what 
Ephesians says in the message, describes salvation, that it's God's grace. It says this, savings all his idea, all his work, all we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's grace from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we're going around bragging that we've done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us. It's so good to hear this today. Each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better be doing. Paul's saying this, listen, you, none of it has to do with you coming to Jesus. It's only through your acceptance of Christ and, and that grace of Christ upon you because of his bloodshed and, and all that. None of that's your work. All of it's God's work. You chose to be a part of that. But guess what? Because of that, out of that salvation, you work. What's the work? To do the good things God's called us to do in advance. Long ago, he planned for us to do out of our salvation, not by, by earning it. So Paul's basically saying here, almost kind of a spiritual Zumba instructor. You got to work it. You got to exercise it. You got to stretch it. That's where faith comes. That's where development comes. That's where maturity comes. And it, some of us have experienced, you know, soreness when we've worked out. You ever like worked out, you went off the couch and went to CrossFit in one moment? That's pretty scary. I don't recommend doing that, by the way. Um, there needs to be a workout. I, one of the things I love, my favorite sport's basketball. I grew up playing basketball, love playing basketball. Um, and But I don't play a lot of basketball anymore. In, in fact, full court basketball, uh, once or you know maybe three or four times a year, actually, I'll, I'll play full court basketball. Many times with my son, uh, his cousin, my nephews, and my brother-in-laws. And here's the thing. I'm the oldest. I'm the shortest. I'm the fattest and slowest. What else am I not? You know, on the team. And so at the end of the day, and I haven't played for a while, um, my body goes, what the heck are you doing? The next day, it'll say that. What did, I'm like, why am I so sore? Oh, I did something very unnatural. I played full court basketball when I don't play it, right? So, and I realized this, oh, my little ellipse, you know, thing I do at the gym is so different than full court basketball, right? And, I, I, and so I know that I have to do things in a gradual way and growing in that. And it's the same way spiritually is that it says to work out your salvation. It's taking responsibility. Don't doing it half-heartedly, but doing it with intentionality. Here's the question is, what is your plan for spiritual growth? What is your plan for spiritual growth? If you don't have a plan, that's okay. It's okay. We want to help you with the plan. But, but whatever you do, don't go crazy about it. Don't go, oh, I'm going to move to India and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do, no, just, just start like tomorrow with some simple things you can do. Like I said, don't go from couch potato to CrossFit. Do, start walking, okay? Do some things intentionally to get your body moving and get your spiritual body moving. And it's small and simple. And, and, and I want to encourage you with one of the things that we're providing for you is this little bit of a Bible reading plan. And I just thought, hey, if you're not in a plan or something we can do as a church through the month of May, let's read through the book of John. And we've done this several years. Some of you have seen these several times. But I thought, let's put that in there again. May 1st, which is this Wednesday, and there's 31 days to read through the book of John. It's a good step. And then when you do this, here's some questions to ask when you, when you do it is, what did I just read? What did I do with what I just read? And how, do I, how am I be different today because of what I just read? So what did I read? I read that this happened, okay, in the Bible. 
So what, what do I do with what I just read? Is there a challenge? Is there something I feel like God's leading me to do? And then how will I be different? If I go and just love one another, I'm going to love, my, I'm going to love the, the person I work with. I'm going to be kind to them. At the end of the day, is there, going to be, there's a, is there going to be some results you're praying for? Whatever it might be, taking simple steps to do that is so important. And then we do that, it's so important to have accountability with that. Saying, hey, I'm going to mention this to my small group. Or I'm going to talk with a friend. Hey, can we do this together? Whatever plan you find, you will reap a reward. And here's the beauty of it. When you do something as a habit for 30 days, like if I just said, you know, I'm going to start smoking. And some of you are like, please don't do that. Some of you have battled with addictions, right? Don't start a bad, but if I want to start any kind of habit, it takes about 30 days to develop that habit. It becomes a lifestyle. What if we did something healthy for 30 days? And this is the reward I find with habits is this. It becomes, a, it becomes more of a delight than a duty. And the days that I don't do it, I'm going, oh, something's off. Oh, yeah, because I, I had a pattern in my life that was doing something healthy. Healthy habits, all intentionality, all important. So we're called to work out, work out our salvation. But here's the beauty of it. We don't have to do it alone. Because we're not only as we work out, God's working in. And, and so this is the last thing to say is, is to work in. Can you, can you say that with me out loud? Work in, work in. This is God's part. Verse, verse 13, for it's God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. One of the great realities as Christ followers that we're no longer on the journey alone. That the Holy Spirit's doing a work in us. He's doing a transformation in us. And the work here, and that word work is the word in you, which is, is the word energy that we get. And, and it says here in Colossians, in another passage, the same word, to this, I, and, and I labor, struggling with all his energy, his energy, God's energy, which so powerfully works in me. If your spiritual battery is low right now, what you need to do is not try to work harder because that becomes religious duty and you'll exhaust yourself and you'll burn out. You're going, I have enough of church. I've got enough of this. I'm tired. I'm pulling out of this. What's going on is you're just tired and weary. And what you need to do is say, God, I just come before you and I need you to charge my battery. I need your energy. And that's calling upon God to fill you. Take the time to say, sometimes we just got to stop all of it and say, God, I just need your, I need a nap. I need, I need some rest. I need to take some time with the Lord alone. And say, he recharges my battery. So figure out what that looks like. I think this is a great day to do it, whatever that looks like to recharge your battery outside or whatever, to spend that time, but in an intentional way, say, God, I need your energy. And I love what Paul says so, so famously says this, that because of that, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. That he, I can do that because of that energy he gives me. And what happens is the beautiful thing is God is working in us. He then will work through us, but it's the work in us. That is so important. I've heard someone say that the process is just as important as the results in our life. Isn't it true? The process is what God's doing. And what is he doing in us? He's shaping us. He's creating us. He's building our character in whatever we're going through in life. And I think all of us have times we can look back of seasons where God has been doing a work in us. And sometimes we don't see that work 
very clearly, but he, looking back, it was. I've shared over and over again times where for a year in between churches pastoring, I, I work with special needs kids. And if you ever, I encourage you, if you ever have the opportunity to be, either volunteer to work with special needs kids or you have a family member or friends that have them, just spend some time. It is a beautiful gift and you just discover how amazing these children are and, and, or adults or whoever you work with. And it was a unique work. And I would say at the time, though, I didn't, I didn't appreciate it. I was in between jobs, in between churches, I was looking just to try to get a paycheck. And I did, I learned a lot more <laughs> from these from these kids, these middle school kids, than, 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 than I than I could teach them at all. But what I learned, I learned compassion. I learned, I learned what mercy looked like. I learned what genuine love was. I learned patience. I learned so much in that nine-month period of time in that school year that has been with me ever sense. And you the same. There's a work that God's doing in you. As you're working hard and working out and trying to do all the things, there's a work that God's doing in you. It's so important. I'm going to invite our team to come as we close today. And I just have this simple question is this, what is the good work that God is doing in you today in order to work through you one day? What is the good work working in you? Yeah, you're working out, working hard, but what is the work he's doing in you? See, I have a feeling there's some in here today that you've got a problem that doesn't go away and the Lord's teaching you patience. You might have, you're working with a difficult person or live with a difficult person. Lord's teaching you grace right now. You made a mistake and it's cost you a little bit and it's hurt some people and what it's done is it's teaching you humility. You're having some pain, physical, emotional pain and you're learning right now to rely upon him in your life, whatever it might be, he's teaching you, he's doing a good work because he's a good God. He is, as we sang, the king of our hearts. He is good, he is good, he is good. And he's changed us and transforming us. And I tell you, the work he does, it prepares us in us, it prepares us for the next assignment. You're going, oh, God, you had to do it here so I can do what you, the good work he's called us to do, the purpose to do. Will you pray with me as we close? God, thanks for this time and just all that you've been doing in and through our life. And, and there's so much, God. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that today we feel empowered. Lord, I, I pray that we would not, uh, for any reason, think that we've got to take a, a, a list and, and start doing stuff. That's, that's religious work, Lord. I, I pray, Lord, that you would do a genuine work in us. And Lord, you've done that. You've saved our soul. You've transformed us and there's nothing that we can earn. In fact, what we do with our faith, it's not about us getting in right, right relationship with you. Jesus, you did that for us. It's done deal. But Lord, out of our salvation, you called us the work to get the work. Not just talk about it, not just be in the vicinity of it, not just be a, near it, Lord, but actually put the work in to work out our salvation because of the, Lord, the work you're doing in us is even greater than the work we've done. Lord, we make our efforts, and as we do, Lord, you do, a tr- you do a work in us that transforms us. And I pray for those right now specifically that, God, you're doing a work in them. And yet, God, I pray that you help them identify that work. And most likely, the work is difficult work. It's a, it's a trial, it's a problem, it's a difficulty, it's a difficult person, it's a circumstance, it's not being solved. Whatever it is, Lord, you're teaching us, you're developing our character, Lord, and helping us more than anything to trust in you, to rely on your energy, your power to do it in us, Lord, as you would then eventually do it. 
through us, Lord. There's a great work you want to do through us, but start with us, Lord, as you transform our lives. And I pray for those here today that are in great need, Lord, that you continue to meet their need. And Lord, in that, God, encourage them at the work they're doing, that you're not stopped doing, that they're going to see fulfillment, they're going to see, they're going to see resolve one day of the work you're doing in their lives this day, we pray in Jesus' name.